Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, you're very welcome to this week's podcast, the second in a series of podcasts dealing with the Civil War in Kerry. And the title of this week's podcast is The Kerry Protestant Farming Community During the Civil War. And it features... Frank Blennerhassett, originally from Ballymacalligat. The Free State was formed by then. We had our Free State 26 counties, and we had a police force which were operating as normal. And he went there, told his story, and they were all picked up. And Herbert Gow, whose mother was Blennerhassett and who lived in Killiney, just outside Killarney. Now, they arrived the following night, the following night then, they burnt the second family's house. And my grandfather and his brother were the only two that remained in the house, were in the house that night. And the house was burnt to the ground, except the room the two were in. And Herbert's first cousin, Thomas Blennerhassett, who lived in the other farmhouse. There was trouble here in the 22. And my father, they, they went to shoot my father, actually. Or my yes, well, I suppose it was my grandfather, I suppose. He was the man they were after. Or they wanted to get him out of the house here, actually. They wanted his farm back. And from Ahado Heights, Charles Talbot. You'd be very slow seeing that, like, but it did happen, like. There was awful jealousy that time, like, if you would go land that time, and she's such cool, like, you know, huh? And we start with Frank Blennerhassett, who I spoke to in 2001. Back to your earliest memories, the time when you were living out in Ballymac. Exactly. There was a general, you could hear it. I, my parents said, oh, there was a bridge blown up on our way to school or something like that. Be careful. You know, you had to watch out for all these. We, we became kind of aware that things weren't normal. We were living up very high. We had a view for miles. We could see halfway to Killarney from our house. Mm-hmm. Well, far enough forward, no problem, all that area. You'd see a blaze and we'd say, where's that? A few days later we'd find out so-and-so's house was burned or his was burned, you know. Well, the first incident would be these soldiers that came and demanded a room for the night and myself and my younger brother, we had nowhere to sleep except on the floor on a, a mattress. Now, were, were these the Republicans or...? Oh, yeah. They were on the run... And of course you had the... And what year was this, Frank, do you know? That must be, you know, during that Civil War. It could be 21 or 22. But it was during the Civil oh, War. Oh yes, of course yes. it was. Yeah. Then I heard of a fella whom we knew 
being shot over the rear farmer's bridge. And I said, what's kind of all? They took him off the cart or whatever and just shot him and left him on the side of the road. No name is mentioned, but everybody knows it, you know. There's a headstone there. I'll tell you later. But uh, things like that would frighten you at times. But the first incident I remember was these soldiers, we were out playing around our own farmyard, you know. These soldiers ran across through the yard and disappeared. That was the first time I was aware of them. And then the follow-on was the story I've already, which I've told you. Well, they came in, it must be around probably tea time or something, you know, around that, I wouldn't be sure. And there was about four of them, as far as I, well as I can remember. And they didn't look to me like the kind of guests we'd have normally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, a bit frightened, I suppose. But you just observed these things, and they had had a good meal in the living room. My mother cooked uh, whatever she had for them. I suppose well, you wouldn't have a hole at that time, you know. They, they weren't used to it anyway. They were glad to get a meal. And they took our room for the night. And we were, I remember, sleeping on a kind of an improvised thing in a mattress on the floor. But, of course, children fall asleep soundly and that, you forget that, you know. Mm. Next morning, then, when I got up and got dressed, they were at their breakfast. Again, my mother had been up before, because I suppose they were in a hurry to get out. And they had their breakfast. Didn't say, I didn't hear any conversation. <laughs> my mother worked away and gave them their breakfast and they picked up their guns, which were standing against the wall. And how were they dressed, can you remember? Uh, I thought they were rather grey. Well, that I'm not too sure of. They wouldn't be dressed like uh, soldiers you'd see normally, you know. They were rather shabbily dressed, I thought. But the boots, I thought, were very (laughs) dirty. I remember that. But they didn't talk to us at all. We were too small, myself and my younger brother. Well, you see, this family lived near us, just a field away, like, it wouldn't be much farther than across to the house over there. Yeah. And we knew them fairly well, and we were friendly with them and all that. Who were they? What was the name of the family? Well, their name was Lean. Yeah, it changed after that, because he was the, the um, I suppose, the eldest son, I don't know, and they had a, a brother, a priest, who was staying with them after that anyway. I'll tell you that later. But uh, we heard that they were following him very close and he was able to beat them every time, you know, until the other incident then. We heard that next morning. What exactly happened? What did you Well, of course, I wasn't there. You only overhear the conversation. Parents talking about the neighbour being shot, you see, and some other chap with him and so on. That's about it. There was no law order. We had no... There was no guarantee. I remember... Uh, quite clearly, there's f- there was three, either three or four teams of mowing machines with horses, big black horses. As I could remember, they were black anyway. East and west, they were going to the, a 15-acre field. Now, that's a big field, a lot of land. And it was all under lovely new hay. And they cut it down the whole lot, and they saved it, and they drew it, carted it away, and, and stacked it in a farmyard where we had full view of it. We could see them from the house. If you did telescopic, <laughs> you could <laughs> get the whole lot. And what happened then? Nothing happened. They, they, I say they sold it or distributed it. 
mm-hmm. among themselves and uh, you know what happens that kind of money and why did your father go to the barracks then to uh, naturally he wasn't going to let him get away with it the free state was formed by then we had our free state 26 counties and we had a police force which were operating as normal and he went there told his story and they were all picked up and they were charged and brought to court I suppose summoned you know by the police mm-hmm. and they had their solicitor and my father had his solicitor who was one of the Slatteries E.B. a brother of Dennis Slatteries E.B. Slattery he lived over there where the McCann's are now so explain to me who actually took the hay who who took oh, the hay well, away you, mean, you want me to name them yes Oh, well, now I think it would be better. Oh, no, no, okay, even I, I don't know who actually. It was all part of the same gang. And there were people living all within a couple of miles of us. Now, that's... I, 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 as the saying is, eh, let's say we'll apply the Freedom of Information Act. Ask me in 30 years' time <laughs> and I'll tell you. <laughs> so the field belonged to your father? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah the title deeds. And these people came in and they cut the, they the new hay yeah. and they took it away. They did. In front of his eyes. In front of his eyes. Yeah. Absolutely. He was a very easy go. I don't know. Uh, were, is it, were, were, would, were these people doing that to other farmhouses or was it I just I never you? heard that. I don't think so. I, I don't think so. And had they a, a grudge against your father? For, for what we never, We never heard. You see, what they wanted to do was get him off that land. He had bought it from the Chutes. And they came to our house one night and one fella shouted up at the window. They were, we were all in bed. And they were talking about dividing up land. You see, he bought this land uh, about 1900 or that way. He had the money to do it then? He had, of course. He didn't get anything for nothing. He bought it openly in the market from Major Chute. But they just thought, well, you see, you know yourself, it's like the situation, whatever trouble breaks out, people take the law into their own hands. Some people think they can get away with it, but they can't. Even in North Ireland, it catches up on them. Look at the criminal asses of Europe today, they're catching up on them. Was your father ever threatened uh, with uh, a letter? Uh, was there any animosity? Not that I, uh, uh, not that I know. I don't remember any letters. No, I don't remember anything like that. But he always had his own gun. Although during that period, another man who shall remain nameless came over to the house with him and offered him a gun. He actually offered him a gun. He did. Hmm. But he, he said he would. He had his own gun. And they, they never found it, although they, I don't know whether they searched or not, but he had his own gun, which he had a licence for. Got it? Oh, he was a good shot then. He, he could... Uh, well, yeah. you see, out in Australia, I suppose, there'd be vermin and there'd be all sorts of things. He'd have to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, were, were the local people afraid of your father then? Afraid I'd of say them? they were. They never, they never met him, you see. But he knew them. Yeah. I'd say they wouldn't know. They'd never break into the house. Because I think he'd... I suppose they could have shot him if they wanted to. Our cattle at that particular time were all driven off the land. As well? well, This is the same time as the hay was cut? Around the same time. They really wanted to get him. They were were cows. They didn't touch the horses. Horses are clever animals, you know. They'd probably kick. They'd be afraid of the horses. But all the other cattle and uh, cows were all things like 
chickens and pigs and all those things, they were left alone. But they drove the cattle out the back way from onto the, uh, you'd call it the Baliaki Road. And uh, my father got up in the morning, there was no cows to be milked, they were gone. So he tracked them. You see, he knew where they went and he found they'd broken down a kind of a gap somewhere and they got onto that road. So he got on his horseback. He was a great man on horses. Mm-hmm. That's when he went around and see there was no motor cars. He would have to walk about here. He was a, a great man on a horse and saddle. He was travelling along the road, not far from his own house, and he met what we call a good Samaritan. There's always a few around, you know, who he was very friendly with. That would be Richard Chute's father now, the present Richard Chute. He'd be his grandfather, actually. And he told him the cattle had gone out towards Nocturne that way. He must have seen them the night before. Maybe he was out walking or something. He lived near the side of the road. So he he followed on another bit. And the cows were coming back. Like a cat or a dog, they'll always find their way back home. The cows were on their way home. And were they uh, walking the road freely, say, at this well, stage? Was no, there anybody no driving them or anything? Nobody driving them. They were eating grass. It was daylight, you see. Mm-hmm. And they were moving on back. And they were out towards the Nocturne Well, they had been out a long way, I believe, towards Nocturne mm. How far, I don't know. But he found them on the way, somewhere on the road, and collected them all, milked them. It was too late to send the milk to the creamery, of course. He had to feed it to the calves or pigs or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. very clear. But as I say, there's always a few good Samaritans around. He told him. He was very, we were very friendly with that family always. And everybody else as well. Mm-hmm. But do you think because, say, uh, your father was a Protestant, yeah. that, that, uh, I that there was that any animosity? Any. Or no, because, you see, my aunt lived a few fields away, and she would be in the same ship, except that she was a widow. They, they, did, they did do something there, all right. There was bullets fired at their house. Was there? There was. Yeah. Oh, a lot of it would be... Possibly uh, have a, a, a sectarian connotation, you know. Mm-hmm. Might have, because it didn't seem to happen anybody else. But they were fairly well secured too. They weren't that far for generations. But she was a widow, and her brother was living with her. He never married. They were running that farm. And we used to walk through that farm, past their house, going to school every day. In 2006, while working on an oral history collection in the North Tipperary Limerick area, I met Herbert Gow from Glenstall and I asked him about his Kerry connections. It was, it was uh, my father that married Kathleen Blennerhassett, who was one of the Killarney Blennerhassetts. Uh, where my mother uh, was born and reared in Killini, Two farms, Kalini Moore and Kalini Big, mm-hmm. Big Kalini, small Kalini. 101 acres, I think, in one, 102 in the other. There was a John Blinner Hassett, and he had two sons, William and John, and he divided the farm between the two. This would have happened around 1900. Um, they farmed away the two families. Uh, my mother's family, the family of uh, William, lived in Kalini Beg, and Kalini Moore then, the other family lived there. 
Uh, now, we got eventually got home rule, civil war started. And letter arrived to my un- my grandfather in Kalini one morning saying you have a week to get out. So he took it serious. And um, he didn't take it serious enough in that he didn't do anything about it. But three fellows arrived one morning after the bringing in the cows. And they were standing in the cow house, which was across the yard from the dwelling house. The dog barked. My mother's eldest son stuck his head out the, um, the skylight. There was a skylight in the, in the building. And they fired a shot. And he must have had his mouth open because he scared it. He took the scar to his grave. He only died some few years ago. And uh, it went open into his mouth and out through his cheek. So they meant business. <laughs> um, they came the following night then. He got that stitched during the day. Uh, they came the following night then and they, they broke down the front door and my grandfather was upstairs with the kids and they were going to come upstairs for some reason or another and it so happened my grandfather had a revolver at the time so he said the first that comes up goes down so they left now they decided that night then that it wasn't safe to stay in the house any longer so they crossed the field to the neighbouring farm where his brother and his family lived mm-hmm. My uncle, my grandfather then went into Killarney and he met the head of the IRA. He was Coleman. And uh, he told him, take your time. Uh, oh, my, grand, my grandfather told him that they were going to hit for England and maybe immigrate. Uh, the two families. So Coleman suggested to him, if you could hang around for a while, law and order will come again. And uh, they did that and they were back in their house after 11 months. But not without the second house being burnt to the ground and the first house badly damaged. So they were, they were back in. Now they had the Irish arm. When they did come back in, um, they, uh, there were no animals on the place. And the, 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 the only animal on the place was the donkey. Uh, they had... Irish army then remained living on in the house with the family for six weeks, I think, to make sure there was no interference. And life went on after that and there was no problem. The, the other part, of course, uh, the three individuals that did it, um, they, 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 the, the three individuals that arrived and now they arrived the following night then, the following night then they burnt the second family's house and my grandfather and his brother were the only two that remained in the house, were in the house that night and the house was burnt to the ground except the room the two were in and that was upstairs so that was unusual um, the following Sunday priest the local catholic priest read to us three people off the altar <laughs> but so, um, the two cousins are still mm. and their families are farming yeah. in the same two mm. farms and uh, their father then mended where the bullet went through his jaw mm. uh, two of those gentlemen they were right off the altar, if you like to put it that way. 
died very young. No, yeah. that might be a coincidence. I don't know. But my uncle looked after, uh, bought and sold the kettle mm. for there with us yeah. until the family grew up. Like. That's the story. Yeah. Oh, yes. But they were tough times. Yeah. After I finished recording Herbert Gow, I was so fascinated by the story that I travelled to meet Thomas Blennerhassett, his first cousin, in the farm in Killiney, outside Killarney. Well, I was born in Killarney, but I, but I was brought up in the uh, old house. And for how many generations? I'd be the third generation now, yeah. third generation. And wh- who did the land belong to before, before they came in? Murphy's, I think. Mm-hmm. And the and did they that family die out or did they sell the land or any idea? What, uh, well, I think what happened was that uh, was their land dues and, and those rates, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And if you weren't able to pay the rates, you were evicted, I suppose. And the people that could, then I suppose, pay them and they got the land. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's how they got it, actually. Mm-hmm. And and who was the or the the, the landlord uh, in the area? Do you know? Um, of course, H- Huzzy would have been the agent, wouldn't he? He would. His name was mentioned all right now, but I couldn't tell you was he for this particular place or not. During the troubles, the house was burnt. That must have left. Uh, no. No. Oh, the the old house here. Yeah. No, the, the house that was burnt was on the farm that he bought, actually. Because there was trouble here in the 22, and my father, they, they went to shoot my father, actually. Or my, yes, well, I suppose it was my grandfather, I suppose. He was the man they were after. Or they wanted to get him out of the house here, actually. They wanted his farm back. And uh, they were told, I suppose, by the uh, people in charge of the place, to, or the guards, to get out of the house for a while anyway, and that they'd, and that would be looked after. So they went down to Schiller then, that's the house next door, that my, the farm that my father bought, laterally. From Richard Blennerhassett? Yes, they went down to that house actually for shelter, and it was in that house my grandfather was... What happened, the, the, some of the, the IRA men came to the place and they said we'll get him. And he was above in bed. My my grandfather, and he told the lads, let him up, that I'll get my man. And rather than, than the IRA coming up the stairs, then they put the house on fire and ran. That's how the house was burned. And just the way my fa- my grandfather had to get out the the upper window and down the drain pipe. Uh, was he uh, affected by that? I mean, did, did, did well, he was an invalid at the time. He was badly, he was crippled actually with arthritis when that happened. But uh, they had to stay out of the, they were gone out of this place then for nearly two years, I think. Um, my father went to work in Tralee, into Latchford's in Tralee, and the parents stayed in, uh, his parents stayed in uh, Wests in Killarden. Oh, and, and the West were related to you as well? Were they, they would be yeah. distantly as well. Yeah. 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 So, uh, they were literally um, evicted or, or told go. They were, you know, absolutely, from, from yeah. Here. They were told get out. And oh yes. They so were wh- driven out of it. Yeah. And and the damage then that was caused to the house um, was it restored again, or was it just gone past the stage of restoring? 
when it was burned. This house here, yeah. or, or, that, or the house at Schiller? Yeah. Oh, it was the, that house was, was restored. That was a fine two-story house, actually. Mm. It was built up again. There was nothing actually happened to the old house here. Yeah. But in that time, my, uh, my father was shot, actually, in that bit of a skirmish. The time that they had to leave the house here, my father was got a bullet here through his cheek. So that mark remains with him forever, yeah. does it? Yeah. yeah. Was he conscious of that? I mean, it well, disfigured it, his face. It didn't actually. It just went in, in here and came out his mouth. And there was nothing happened. It just flew in and flew out because the neck of God was that the man survived. But it, but it did happen. My God. Yes, sir. They were advised that him to leave the house and go down, get accommodation for a while, and till the thing blew up, settled, settled down again then, and they came back then after, they were nearly gone, I think, for not quite two years, you know how. Now, tell me about the cattle that were here at the time, right? Uh, were they taken as well, or...? Uh, not to my knowledge. Yeah. No, the cattle were left there then. I couldn't tell you who was minding there. I suppose there wasn't much cattle there, actually. Yeah. There might be 20 cows, I suppose. That'd be it. Yeah, but I did. there was a lot of rustling going on in those days, so I just thought maybe the cattle were... To I never heard anything about the cattle disappearing or anything, actually, or stolen. Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't hear that. But there was neighbours looked after the place, though, while, while they were missing. Did they come to the rescue and... and Some did. ...assist, yeah. Some did, yeah. My, yeah. Some did. So, um, did your father ever talk about that time? Very little. Very little. What did he did say? Well, what I'm after telling you yeah. now, yeah. that I'd be only, that's all I ever heard. Yeah. There. I don't want to name the names. I could name you the names, actually. Yeah. The people that he told me. Yeah. But uh, I'd nearly rather keep it out of it, tell you the truth of it. For now, anyway. So... You say that it was the local volunteers here that, uh, at the time in 1922, the yeah. the IRA. Now, um, so I mean, your father would have known these people, and, and you know, he he, he, would. he would have seen them at, at the fairs and yeah. that. He know the people that was were causing the trouble. Okay, and that kind the of IRA members. Yeah, and yeah. that kind of animosity that you know that 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 happened to him and and he was married I'm sure uh, was he was you was he married at the time uh, no 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 he didn't get married till uh, 42 it's uh, 41 41 I think he got married and he was living in the house with his with his own father and mother your grandparents correct uh, was there an aunt or an uncle living in the house I suppose his sisters would be there yeah no so so all those people were were affected by this but did they i mean at that stage you know they were told to go i mean did they was your father a determined man mm-hmm. was he going to come back would have been, yeah the would yeah he'd be determined I mean, his grandfather was a determined man too seemingly yeah yeah if he thought he was right he'd stick and he would have he had he kept the revolver under his bed and he would have if one of the boys came up the steps instead of setting the house on fire, he would have plugged him, actually. He would have done it, yeah. He'd have did time for him. <laughs> but they did it the mean way. That They did it the uh, a mean man's way. That's what he always said. Cowards. In burning instead of... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 
putting up the battle. That's right. Yeah. And ran, ran away, didn't he? Yeah. But he knew who that was. And did he ever hold it as a, you know, was he, it, 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 did he hold that grudge, you know, like, where was he? I don't think my father ever spoke to, he, he became friends with, with a lot of them afterwards, actually, laterally in life. He said he was a no good or anyhow. The most of them, they all got pensions out of it, mm. you know, from the state. But as for putting anything back into the state, he said nothing. Yeah. Mm. Now, at, the, at, at that time as well, you had the, the Land Commission. Uh, yes. And, and did, were you ever, I mean, was your father ever approached or, or, or uh, you know, did he ever think of selling uh, off some of the land no. to the Land Commission? No. No, he'd. That was his living. Yeah. And this was his spot, and that was it. So when he went over to stay with the the Wests, it it, it was his decision. You know, I'm, I'm coming back here again. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, my father was my father actually went to Tralee working. His parents went back to West. My father had went to Latchwoods. Then he got a job from the Latchwoods. Yeah. People over in the shop, and he stayed there then for. Uh, a year and a half or something, and they were told to come back then when the thing had like uh, calmed down and that they would have been look, be looked after. Who told him to come back? Do you know? I presume to the neighbours. I yeah. couldn't tell you exactly who, but I presume to his neighbours that were around here. Yeah. yeah. There was nobody else to mind him. But I, spo- I suppose the um, the opposite of the IRA, the three uh, state soldiers, they were the men. Mm. But uh, I can't tell you. Who they were, and they they stayed with him. I'd say for I'd say they were they were around for six or twelve months too afterwards. Then to keep an eye on the thing. Protection, yeah. Protection, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My father went to New Zealand. My three, three. There was three in the family, and the three in bailed out. Yeah. All dead was there, like and. Uh, and our final story comes from Ahado Heights, and there I spoke to Charles Talbot. But the farm was still here for him to come back to. It was, it was there. Should there, the, 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 nobody living in it? But it was there. No one living in it. No one. And the old grand farm building down there got burnt. To the time of the trouble, like you know. Who got burnt now? The, the farm buildings. It, on on the land. On the land, yeah, behind, yeah. Oh yeah, but yeah. so in fact there was a problem. Uh, I mean, that was the time of the trouble, like, you know, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, the jail, you know. was the IRA burnt on the course. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> turn it off, turn it off, <laughs> before we'd be shot. <laughs> you wouldn't look out now anyway. Sorry. No, no, but it, it, it's, it's fascinating to know that, that, uh, so... How will everyone, uh, you, 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 you'd be very slow saying that, like, but it did happen, eh? Yeah, of course it did. It happened to the... Uh, the um, Glenner Hassets to Kenneth's yes, people. Yeah. Uh, well, everyone tried it, like, you know, it was tried everywhere, like, you know. What, what was that all about, um, really, uh, uh, sectarianism, you know, trying to get rid of the Protestants? Or was it about land? Or, you know, what, what was it? It was about, about property, like, it was about property, like, should I mean. Uh, there was half jealousy that time, like, if you would good land that time, and uh, choose that street, like, you know, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
They, they would, absolutely. And, and, and I mean, there would be a certain amount of begrudgery as well, you know. That's oh, the, there, was a, there, there was a pile of that, like, you know. Oh, there was a pile of that. I mean, even, uh, even the farm labour, labour, like, you know, I mean, matter how well they were treated, they were treated very well in lots of places. They had this big begrudgery, like, they were only working, like, and, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't. They couldn't see the child that you were working too late, you know. But tell me now, Charlie, so did did the house survive, but the outer buildings get burnt down? Was it, Yes, well, I only mentioned that now, like. Yeah. I only mentioned that because there was a... I only mentioned that because there was no one here, like. I suppose the banker, the solicitor, were looking after it. Yeah. But a uh, poor man, he bought here and... He put a hay into the houses and Jesus Christ, I said, where did anywhere? But he, he, the right man didn't get the hay anywhere. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Who put the hay into the houses? The man that rented it, like. Oh, yes. He got that permission, like. Yeah. But, but they talked to your fathers. Huh? They did not, but they, they, they wanted it themselves oh, yeah. for nothing. Mm-hmm. You see, and they begrudged the, the poor devil that bought it. And, and they weren't, yeah. isn't that amazing? Yeah. It did happen, like, and it, it was rampant. It was rampant everywhere, like, I mean. And and so, uh, they, would that have been a reason why you, why your brothers, why your your uncles and your dad cleared out of the country, I mean, for a while? Because oh, well, those debt was in debt, and sure. Well, the, the debt would have been the big reason, that there was nobody yeah, to keep yeah, them here. Yeah. But did they see trouble coming on the way, or... Um, no, but I suppose they, they saw a better future. Mm-hmm. And what year did he, he, he came back then? Directly he came back in 1925. We've come to the end of this week's podcast and you've been listening to Frank Blennerhassett, Herbert Gow, Thomas Blennerhassett and Charles Talbot. I hope you enjoyed listening and if you would like to hear any of the full-length interviews, they're available on irishlifeandlore.com. Next week's story from Kerry and the Civil War features the revolutionary women. They were arrested in Kinmare, uh, a group of them. Uh, my mother, the Hartnett girls and I suppose somebody else and the Honourable Albina Broderick. And they were taken to, they couldn't take them to um, Tralee because, again, the roads were blown up and everything. And they commandeered a boat, or they got this, somebody at the pier with a boat that he'd take them round to Phoenix. And he set fire to his boat that night, so they couldn't do anything with that. So they put them in the Great Southern Hotel, which is now the Park Hotel. I'm Morris O'Keefe, and I look forward to bringing you that podcast next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.